You're now listening to Storytellers. veteran, former amateur boxer, daughter, sister, and friend. Hope has many layers and chapters in her life, as many of us do. It was such an honor to hear her story, one that she said she would take to the grave with, but felt it was time to share, and to share all the good that God has done in her life, and is continuously doing. My story is a very long and difficult one, so I will try and be short and sweet with it. Um, But I'm sure that my story can be relatable to a lot of people's story and their own testimony. I was raised in church. Um, My stepfather's mother actually started taking us to church maybe when I was seven or eight years old because she wanted to plant that seed. My stepmom and my stepfather and my mom have never really been Christians or or believers, but they allowed her to do that for Mm. me and my siblings. So that's where we started. She planted the seed and we went to an apostolic church in, Mm -hmm. in National City. After that, we uh, we kind of just was raised in church. We would go every Sunday, sometimes on Wednesday for worship and Bible classes. Um, and that unfortunately led to my mom uh, putting all three of us in a Christian school because those teenage years got a little tough. <laughs> um, so, yes, she needed help. You know, she's like, OK, I think this is going to work. Uh, didn't really work. But again, the, the seed was planted when we went to Christian school. And speaking for myself only, I got saved at 15 in, in, in one of these Christian schools that I attended, but didn't really know salvation and what, what it was at mm-hmm. such a young age um, because we weren't taught that. So I went back to public school after that and all that kind of went out the window. Um, we attended church here and there, my siblings and I, but I didn't really know salvation until my late 20s, early 30s. I didn't live as a Christian my teenage years didn't really pick up the Bible every now and then maybe I would pick it up but nobody taught me Mm -hmm. there was no one in my home to teach me or to guide me so unfortunately my my teens and my 20s were very very difficult I kind of did everything on my own and I felt alone and I always wonder where where God was in those moments Mm -hmm. where I I was lost in those moments where I went through things that um unfortunately were very traumatic but the one thing that I always felt was that I I can have someone to go to and that was God I just didn't know how to but I knew that God was there but again I didn't I didn't know salvation and I didn't know who Jesus was until my late 20s when I literally one night got on my knees and cried to the Lord and I told him and I demanded from him that I know him Mm. because I went through something difficult and I got tired of being tired It was a very hard time in my life. I've had very difficult situations since I was a teenager. I think we all have. But when you don't know God the way that I know him now, it can even be more difficult, especially Mm -hmm. when you don't have family support and you don't have many friends to turn to. It can get very dark. But somehow I just had a feeling that there was a God there. There was a God there. You know, I did get to a point in my life after my brother passed away in Afghanistan where I hated him. You know, I hated God. I denounced him. I cursed him. I was angry with him. Were you guys 
in the military the same time? No, no, no. I got out from the army so before. You went from high school to, and you immediately joined the military. No, I, I gave it a few years of a break because I was actually an amateur, an amateur championship boxer. Oh wow! Yeah. Really? Yeah, that was good. Um, opened a lot of doors, but not a lot of godly <laughs> doors. But I'm known here in San Diego because of, of my amateur boxing. Oh, I didn't yeah, know that. I am. Um, in that your whole life? 15 years off and on. Wow. Yeah, 15 years off and on. I started with Gutierrez Boxing in, in, um, in Palm Avenue. Um, I started at the Lions then with Ken Shamrock first. Wow. And then I was guided to the Gutierrez Boxing Club, which is no longer. But that's where I started my amateur career. So that's that's how that came about. But I, I actually came home and uh, was medically honored to be discharged from the Army when my brother joined. Mm-hmm. And because he was a police officer for San Diego, his credentials were needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and he got deployed within weeks of, of him finishing his training. And unfortunately, with him being, I think, two to three weeks into Afghanistan, he was murdered. Mm-hmm. But that's that was a dark place in my life when it came to God, mm-hmm. because I was so angry that I lost the one the one individual that was there for me. Mm. Um, he taught me so much, this guy. Was I mean, he like the closest one? He yeah. was everything you would want in a brother. Mm. He was just my saving grace in that time. Mm-hmm. Him and I were kind of trying to get to know God together. And it didn't work out that well. He was a very special person. And I will always be so thankful to God because of him. But because of him, I was angry at God because mm-hmm. I lost him. At the same time, because of my brother Rico, now I am where I am as mm-hmm. as far as in my career because I'm honoring him mm-hmm. and the sacrifice he made for us as Americans. But having said that, I, I kind of left that behind. Other things obviously happened after he passed away in 2008. You know, I got married and then I got divorced and then remarried in 2013 and divorced again. Um, so like I said, I just been through so much within that time frame that I got to a point where I was tired. Um, and then unfortunately, um, I got to a very, very dark place as a veteran in 2015. I, I had lost my really good friend, uh, by suicide, who he was a veteran as well. And that just led me to get into a darker place because I used to talk to him sometimes. I reached out to an organization that helps veterans and um, they give you service dogs, you know, certified trained service dogs. And something happened there that I lost hope because there was another dog that wanted to be placed with me, but I, I was already used to one dog and you know so much was happening that emotionally mentally I just couldn't do it no more in 2015 I came to to a place where I wanted to commit suicide again oh so you already had contemplated it I had tried once this was back in maybe 2008 or 9 that I had attempted by the grace of God it didn't it didn't happen so I tried my best to continue with life the way I knew how you know again I knew of God but I didn't know God Mm -hmm. okay but in 2015 was my breaking point. I was getting ready to write my suicide note. And um, I got the call from the organization that I was working with. I had already been paired with my second dog. Everything was working out pretty well. But at that time, the job that I was with, the agency that I was with, was giving me such a difficult time to get my service dog that that led to even more depression. I had injured my back 
in which this job, which my service dog is now here. Yes, yeah, she's awesome. So it was just a combination of so many things hitting me left and right that I said, you know, I can't go through life no more. Mm-hmm. I was watching actually videos of September 11, which is the reason I had joined the army in the first place. So it was just so many things going through my mind, you know, and I just couldn't do it no more. And yeah, at that moment, I was like, you know, maybe the wrong thing to do. God, forgive me if there is a God, but I just can't do it no more. You know, I don't have a relationship with my immediate family, which made it more difficult. And I've gone through my whole life doing things on my own. Mm-hmm. So obviously the, the loneliness, tired. I was just tired of being lonely. I was tired of not having anyone to turn to, a mother, a father. I just didn't have anyone. Mm-hmm. I was getting ready to write this letter. I had my gun next to me. And by the grace of God, I got the call that um, that I was looking for. I was going to be receiving my service dog that weekend. So I was asked if I was going to be there. And right, it yeah. was kind of crazy. Hey, are yeah. you going to be there? You know, because we actually, in secret, the, the trainer that called me, she's like, hey, don't tell no one but we're going to be giving you your dog to take home with you this Saturday. And she asked me, are you going to be there? And I cried. I cried because I was like, okay, Lord, I know this is you. This has to be you. I don't know you, but this has to be you. And um, I said, yeah, I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there. Mm I, I don't remember vividly like what happened after that call. I just remember dropping on my knees and crying and I felt some hope. Mm. Not as not only as a veteran, but as a human being, yeah. I felt there was some hope there. And that that weekend I went and I was still depressed. I was still fighting those demons. But they brought her in with a big red bow. And I was just very happy. I, I felt like this burden lifting. And I said, OK, there's got to be a God. You know, the God that I know so much of that I've heard of, there's got to be a God mm-hmm. if he brought her into my life. I was asked, what are you going to name her? And so I'm, I'm big hope. She's little hope. I'm mama hope. She's baby hope. Yeah, it's, it's perfect. But it was perfect. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know that I could rename her, but they're like, yeah, rena- rename her whatever you want. Oh. And the first name that came into my mind was hope. Mm. She became my hope. Yeah. And I know for a fact, I know Priscilla for a fact that if God had not placed that call, that night mm-hmm. I wouldn't be here you know um, that's why I adore my dog that's why I love my dog that's why I preach to other veterans that just because we are weak in our in our spirit because it's broken mm-hmm. it doesn't make us bad it doesn't make it makes us human mm-hmm. but we can fight these demons and I know that if God brought my service dog to me it's because he does exist mm-hmm. and we not only have God now but we have him blessing us with these dogs that are life-saving mm-hmm. you know um, these dogs are worth forty five thousand dollars she's free to us all we have to do is, you know, apply, wait, and do the training with them. That takes about two years or so. Um, but that waiting time is crucial. It's crucial because it was dark. Not just your your own. It was dark. Alone. Yeah. Yes, because we have to leave them with them because they're not ours. Mm-hmm. So those moments were hard because while I was there, it was okay because I started to feel a little relief. But when I would have to leave the organization when we we're done with the training, I'd go back home by myself mm-hmm. in my dark place. Mm-hmm. So it was such a struggle because here I am dealing with my back injury that I got, you know, while doing this job. Then you have your family issues. Then you have your personal issues like my divorces Mm -hmm. and all that. And then you're like alone. 
And you're like, okay, God, where are you? I don't feel you. So it's a combination of things that, that happen, but baby hope was obviously (laughs) a huge blessing to me in 2015. And after I received her and she became permanently mine, I started kind of looking into my faith Mm. because I said to myself, if God brought her into my life, he's going to provide for her Mm. because going back real quick to when I received her, I was only working. It went from eight hours to six hours to four hours because Mm. of my back injury. And she's trained to physically bring me her leash, water bottles, phones. I mean, she's trained for that because of my back injury. And because as a veteran, she's here to assist me, but they were cutting my hours. So I was only getting paid $400 every two weeks. So financially, I started stressing because I'm like, wait a minute, you blessed me with this dog, but I'm having a hard time seeing if I can pay for her vaccines, her medical care. But this organization was a blessing because they actually provided that for me. So that's even when I got more humbled. I got you. Yes. That's when I was like, okay, who are you, Lord? (laughs) Like, I can't pay for this, but they're paying for it. Yeah. So not only is this organization a huge blessing to me, but they said, hey, we got you. I started to really wonder who this God was. You're with me, but I don't know you. I was 29, 28, turning 29 around there. When other things were happening within my family, you know, within my spirit, where that night I I got on my knees and and asked God if I could know him. I knew I was saved, but I wanted to do it again on my own with him. And I pretty much demanded for him to make himself known in my life. And he did. And he did. Since then, even though there are struggles, even though I do fall and I... We're not perfect. His grace, right? His grace is sufficient. You know, if you continue to read Romans 8, though, (laughs) I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm trying. But I know your grace is sufficient, but I'm getting back up. You know, I fall and I get back up. You fall and you get back up. But let me tell you, since I was 29... I read my Bible over and over again, and I still do. And I have come to realize that he is a father of forgiveness 10 times, 100 times. And I wouldn't be here today for sure if it wasn't for him. He has shown me grace in times where I didn't think I deserved it, which, of course, we don't deserve anything, right? But he's He's taught me so much. He's He's, he's taken these blinders off. Not only since I was a little girl, but I see him now in everything from the moment that I can remember being a little girl, my teenage years and then my 20s and now my 30s. I can reflect back in certain moments where I'm like, okay, Lord, even though certain things were my decision, I can see how you worked it to my favor, even though I didn't deserve it. You showed me grace. You forgave me. And even though my family life is not is not something that I would want. Because, again, I'm alone in this. He's been present mm. for everything. Mm-hmm. I'll be a little vulnerable with our our, our followers and, and the people who listen to this. And mm. I'll let you know right now that, um, you know, even though I am a conservative, I'm a Christian, I'm, I'm, I'm a woman of faith. I'm also a Trump supporter. Mm-hmm. I'm pro-life. I'm pro-Second Amendment. I'm all of that. But most and foremost, I'm a Christian. Mm. I'm a believer. And... I, I feel like I can reach out to women, whether you're black, Hispanic, Latino, whatever. I feel like I can relate to a lot of women when it comes to these, these areas of my life and what I stand for because 
I was 17, mm-hmm. 18 years old, and I had an abortion. Mm-hmm. And that's a cross that I will ever, forever carry. Mm-hmm. And even though God has forgiven me for it, it's still in me. Yeah. I take it. He says, I've forgiven you. But me being the woman that I am, it's still a cross that I carry. And I have to find forgiveness for myself mm-hmm. because I took a life. And that stays with me forever. So I've been through so much. And after that, even after that, where I see God's grace, Mm -hmm. I see him saying, okay, you made mistakes, but I'm here for you. All you have to do is reach out. Mm -hmm. But I didn't know him, you know? So I carry that cross with me, even as a believer now, because it hurts to know that certain decisions, even though they were out of my hand. And you're so young. I was so young, you know, I didn't have anyone. I just had my mom say, you need to do this. Mm. It's going to ruin your life. You know, you're not going to be able to do the things you want to do. And you have to do this. Mm. I wasn't given other options where now I know that there were options, but I didn't know because I was so ignorant. I was so young that that was the only option I was given by my mother. Mm -hmm. And I have had to reach a point where I forgive her for that because I know she doesn't know the Lord, but I had to forgive her because I was angry with her Mm -hmm. because she took that away from me, but she doesn't know God. So I had to find it in my own heart to forgive her because I didn't want to do that. And I remember asking the nurse that, that did the procedure. I remember asking her, can I see the, the ultrasound? The ultrasound. Mm-hmm. And she said no. And now that I've done some research in Planned Parenthood and abortions, they don't want you to look at it no. because they don't want you to have save a change life. of heart. Yeah. They don't want you to save your baby's life. Mm-hmm. And to me, now I see that and I'm thinking, you know what? That is so wrong. Has she let me see that ultrasound? Most likely, I would have said no. Yeah, I would have been able to maybe then find out what my other options were. But my mom didn't give me one. The nurse didn't give me one. And now I have to carry that cross because I didn't know what my options were. And it's difficult. But because who Jesus is with me now, who I know he is with me now, I know that there's peace in that decision that I had to make at such a young age. I know there's forgiveness, but it's still a struggle. I was so young. Yeah. You know, and the gentleman that obviously was the father, he was he was just so cold as well. Mm. So I was put in a position where... I had no choice and no one was backing me up. No one was saying, hey, God doesn't want you to do this. This is not biblical. You know, you can save a life and still be a part of your child's life. Adoption. No one. No one gave me that option. So that's a struggle in Mm -hmm. itself. Um, But again, we have his grace. Yeah. We have, you know, we have that mercy. We have that forgiveness. And even at almost 35 years old, I'm still struggling with that one forgiveness. But I know that it's, it's my doing. I know God has nothing to do with me struggling with that. But it's, it's a, it's just something that unless you've been there, because I feel guilty and I know a lot of a lot of young ladies out there who are in my position, if you feel the same way, you know, there's a sense of of man, I hate myself for this, you know, mm-hmm. because I didn't have to do it. Mm-hmm. So we beat we beat ourselves up. Yeah. You know? Um, so I know if there's anyone out there listening that can relate to that know that even though I'm struggling with this with this one thing that really hits me hard know that God forgave us already yes. know that um salvation is part of that forgiveness yes. we were young we made yeah we might have made a dumb 
decision when it got to that point but there's forgiveness and even though I struggle with it we don't have to but like I said I didn't know God I knew of him I just didn't know him but having said that even after 18 you know I, I became the victim of, of, of rape and sexual assault and military sexual assault. And um, I can tell you that there's so many crosses I carry that God has told me, don't worry. Not only do I forgive you, but you're going to, yeah, exactly. I'm going to carry your cross, but there's still struggles as a Christian, as a woman. You you say, Lord, but I, you know, I, I drank too much or I did this or I mm-hmm. did that. But God is saying, don't worry no, about that. It's us. Being human, because I mm-hmm. do the same thing where I make excuses mm-hmm. for what was done. Yeah. And he's like, no. Right. I'm carrying your cross. Right. It, it's hard and it hurts, yeah. you know, because even though it, these things happen, you look at the good part of it and, and you say, okay, the, unfortunately I was taken advantage of and this happened to me, but it could have been worse. Mm-hmm. But God was there. Mm-hmm. People may say like, oh, well, how you know God was there if he allowed it to happen? Mm-hmm. Well, we also have to be responsible for our actions. I get that part and that's the part that kills me. But I was lost, you know. I, I was an alcoholic for, for a while, even mm-hmm. after I left the army because of what happened to me. You know, I didn't have a very supportive husband. My first husband was very abusive mentally, verbally, emotionally. So when you carry those things and you don't have the support and you, you just have all these things that are happening to you, God was there, though. Those decisions I am responsible for to an extent. Mm -hmm. I cannot be responsible for the people that took advantage of me. I can't be responsible for the husband that I I chose Mm -hmm. at 21 years old that was not a good husband. But even then, now I see God and his hand taking me out of that situation. You know, as believers and and as as women, it's okay to take responsibility for what we did, but it's also okay to say, Lord, you got me out of yeah. it. You forgive me for what I did, and you will take care of the people that did wrong to me. Yeah. I just have to forgive them, yeah. you know? It took me years to forgive you know, the people that took advantage of me when I was very vulnerable. Mm-hmm. It has taken me a long time to forgive my mother or the father that I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, who pretty much abandoned me. So there's there's a lot that, you know, you go through in life and you ask God, why weren't you there? Why did you let this happen? But when you come to that point where you know Jesus personally mm-hmm. and you have that intimacy with him, yes, bad things are going to happen because Satan also lives. Mm-hmm. Satan is also working overtime in a lot Seek of people's spirits. Exactly. Yeah. We have to get to a point where we recognize that mm-hmm. and we say, OK, Lord, that wasn't you. No, that was Satan. And it was, it's, it's people that are lost. It's people that don't know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. It's people that um, that maybe do know God or know of God like I did. But we're so we're so mixed in society. We're so involved in in what what isn't of God mm-hmm. that we get in, in, embedded into these things that society call normal, which are not. And so those are things that we struggle even even now as believers, you know, even though we're saved, we still struggle with those things. Mm-hmm. Funny because anytime that I'm going to get myself into some trouble, I remind myself the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Mm. Yet it's yeah. not an excuse. <laughs> so that's God saying, hey, I know your spirit is willing hope. Yeah. But you have to remember yeah. 
that you don't have to. That's always going to be one of the things that I carry with me because God has a sense of humor, man. Mm -hmm. You know, he can laugh with you. He cries with you. He sympathizes with you. But, you know, the only thing that I can really say right now at almost 35 years old is don't give up on yourself. Don't give up on the relationship Mm -hmm. that could be. You have to build that intimacy with the Lord. You have to stay in constant communication with him. Pray, girl, if you are in your car talking to yourself with the Lord and people are looking at you. <laughs> let them laugh. Let them think you're, you know, you're a little cuckoo, Crazy. a little cuckoo. <laughs> I, I've, I've come to find that the biggest peace that you're going to receive is when you spend that private time mm-hmm. with him. You know, open your Bible. Yeah. You know, like I was speaking with you earlier, you know, churches are not always the right answer. Mm-hmm. You know, if we if we dig into Paul and his epistles, if we dig into what he's warning us in these days about the churches, we can't always tell people go to church. I don't tell people go to church. You will never hear me tell anybody go to church because the Lord taught me his word mm-hmm. by myself in my own home just me and him together. Mm-hmm. It was the spirit of God that taught me the word. So when people tell me, how did you do it? Or how did you know this? I always tell them, well, read your Bible. Mm-hmm. Be in your, in your war room, right? Yeah. Be in your war room at home. You choose whether it's your bedroom, your, your bathroom, your closet, wherever. Yeah. But find that alone time with the Lord in your home. And make it a priority to read the word, ask for wisdom, ask for knowledge and understanding and demand him to teach you because that's what he said he was going to do. And I was taught the word of God by the Holy Spirit, not by a man behind a pulpit, not not by a pastor or pastors, but it was by me having that intimate one-on-one relationship with the Lord as I opened up my Bible and read it. It was very powerful. It is very powerful, but we just have to, guys, we just have to be open to receive from the Lord. We cannot, we cannot interpret his word. We cannot cherry pick Bible verses. We cannot choose what we want to believe or not believe. We have to remember that the word of God stands and it's all true. Okay. The Bible is all true. I know that sometimes it's hard for people to understand the whys or, you know, they take one Bible verse and take it out of context. Listen, the Bible in its whole is true. I would not be here today if he didn't teach me his truth. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't stand with it. I'm telling you, we cannot question the word. Mm-hmm. We cannot question why he does what he does. We just have to believe that in the mix of what we choose to do to what he wants us to do, what he needs us to do, mm-hmm. he has a plan. Mm-hmm. And that plan is in the Bible. Mm-hmm. But we have to be willing to surrender. We have to be willing to ask him, Lord, what is your will? The Bible is something that I take um, very seriously. The word of God is something that I take very seriously. Um, I don't question it. I don't interpret it. I don't do as I please with it. No, um, I've come to understand that his word is is as it stands and um, I receive it. I know my real brothers in Christ have told me, you know, I hope you don't have to defend the word, but sometimes I feel like I have Mm -hmm. to, because I want to tell people like, Hey, listen, you can't do that. You know, you can't twist God's words. Mm -hmm. You can't twist certain verses to fit your narrative narrative. or your agenda. You can't do that. 
but sadly people will, they have and will continue to do so. I think why I am so strong in, in my belief in God and why I stand so firm in his word is because I sought that because I went to churches because I listened to other people not only in my family and friends um, but in these churches telling me different mm. and when I reached that point in my life where I knew the word of God I can at least say hey that's not of him mm -hmm. so I strayed away from that you want to stray away from false teachings you want to stray away from people and groups and organizations that deep down inside you know that's not of God mm -hmm. and it's okay to say it's not of God yeah you know and that's where I'm at that's where I'm at because I've come to know Jesus personally and intimately but also you know back back to my testimony I know deep down inside that the love and the passion that I have for Jesus is because I come from a background of women who have been abused. Mm. Um, I have a grandmother that I never knew who um, unfortunately was, um, I'm not going to call her a madam, but she was, she was in a lifestyle that it was very risky. And unfortunately, you know, we hear of, of, of generational curses. We hear of just things happening as a family chain and that family chain was mine mm. every woman unfortunately in my family has been a victim of of abuse um you name it we've unfortunately we've experienced it myself included and we don't speak about it we we feel ashamed about it but i had to reach a point in my faith and in my walk where that generational curse of women being abused in our family was not because of us. It wasn't because of me. It wasn't because of what I did or what I didn't do. It's just because evil exists. But within that evil, we can find Jesus. We can find that peace. We can find that forgiveness. Um, you know, a, a lot of us don't survive these these traumas, yeah. you know, a lot of us do end up committing suicide and are successful at it. Um, why God chose to save me, why God chose to put the trainer that night at that time to call me. And I answered because I wasn't answering text messages or calls anymore. Mm -hmm. I was very adamant that this was it. This was it. Mm -hmm. But why he chose that one specific phone call for me to answer at that time is I will never know the answer. I can only assume what it is, but it was all God. Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't take any credit whatsoever because it's all, it's all him. It's, mm -hmm. it's all, I give him the praise and the glory that he saved my life. Um, you know, people sometimes ask me, well, you think God that you think God will put a dog in your life? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he's the creator of all creation. Yeah. So something so simple as a dog help save my life yeah something so simple as a service dog that I, I i was told from the moment i got out of the army that hey you might want to look into getting a service dog but for seven eight years i told my doctors at the va no i don't need it i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine mm -hmm. While all along I was medicating with the pills that the VA gives you because they're they're huge on giving veterans mm -hmm. all kinds of pills for everything. Mm -hmm. So not only was I self-medicating with these prescription drugs that I was given, mm -hmm. uh, which I was at one point taking nine at a time. OK, mm -hmm. but I was also self-medicating with alcohol and drugs. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, you think to yourself, OK, you go through all this, you go through these traumas, you go through these experiences, you go through all these self-medication yet God saved me. Mm. 
Why? Why am I so different? You know, um, and even though I can't and no one can answer that question, the only answer is that God has a purpose Amen. for everything. Amen. I'm, I'm very um, humbled and I'm very thankful that he did what he needed to do at those moments. And at that very specific moment in December of 2015, that caused me to put that gun down. That caused me to say, OK, there's a God. Now let's get to know him. Mm. Because of him, I'm here. Mm. Because of him, I have my hope. Because of him, things will get better. Mm. Um, I had to force myself to really, really trust in this God. Because even in the process of getting to know him, I was fighting my demons. Mm. And even to this day, I fight demons, you know. But because of, of what I do as, as my career as well, I've been dealing with death for, you know, 12, 15 years. Mm-hmm. I deal with suicides. I deal with suicides and murders. I deal, I, you name it, I, I see it, you know, with what I do. But it makes me even more grateful to know that I have a father that loved me that mm-hmm. much that said, hey, I'm going to spare you yeah. and I'm going to use you. Mm-hmm. Now, how he uses me is his, is, is his decision is, you know, I'm, I'm willing and able to be used however he needs me. And I think by sharing my testimony, even though I am leaving certain things out, just because I'm not ready to disclose a lot of other things, I'm ready to disclose enough to say, hey, you know, if you want to reach out to me, if you want to reach out to you, to Priscilla, use my story, use my testimony, because I'm still fighting the good fight. We all are still fighting the good fight. Mm -hmm. But the point of it at the end of the day is knowing that we have a father. I call him Papa. Mm -hmm. You know, I call him Papa because that's my term of endearment. But I tell people at the end of the day, we have a father that just is dying to help us and to do with us what he needs to do so that we can be healed, Mm -hmm. so that we can seek forgiveness within ourselves because of the crosses that we still carry. And it's a battle, you guys. It's a battle. It's a spiritual battle that Mm -hmm. we're going to deal with for a long time until we go home with him but we have his help you know we have him he's he's always with us you know he says that i will never leave you nor forsake you Mm. it's us that leave him yeah it's us that say no 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 we got this um but that's when we get into trouble you know we get into trouble because we we get to a point where we say no you know i I got this or hey I've, i've dealt with this this far i think i'm okay but at the end of the day we're not doing any service to ourselves because we need him Mm-hmm. You know, we're denying help. We're denying, denying help. You're denying hope. Yeah. We're denying a help that is so big. Life changing. Life changing. Yeah. That no psychiatrist, no medical doctor, no therapist mm-hmm. can give you mm-hmm. but him. My service dog is a tool mm-hmm. for that help. She's not my answer to that help, but that was God saying, look, I'm going to give you some help, not only the Holy Spirit, but I'm going to give you your dog. But that dog is just a little bit of that help. Mm -hmm. My biggest help is him. Mm -hmm. It comes from him. And I didn't realize that because at some at one point I made my service dog like almost my God, Mm -hmm. because coming from where I came from I saw her as this salvation yes I was like my dog is my salvation because she's just she's just done my life has been turned around not completely because again there's still things that I struggle with as a veteran but as as a civilian as well health wise yes exactly I came to a point where I'm like okay Lord I know she's not you she's just a little part of you but you're my bigger help you know but man the fact that he uses people like you um dogs service dogs you know 
he can use plants you know yeah. he can use he can use a lot of things to help us mm-hmm. with that healing mm-hmm. you know but ultimately it comes from him mm-hmm. because it is him we just have to come to realize that we don't have to do it alone no. you know even if you didn't serve, if you're not a veteran, hey, as as human beings, we face, we've been faced with a lot of traumatic events in our lives. Um, whether it's losing a loved one, whether it's, you know, being the victim of a crime or, you know, just maybe, maybe you're not a victim of anything. Maybe you, you know, you've had a reasonable good life, but you still deal with certain emotional issues or, or mental issues, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. God can heal that though. You know, God is going to do whatever he he needs to do, you know, whether it's healing you or not. Listen, if he chooses to keep you like he chose Paul's thorn, you know, Paul wanted it out. He wanted that sucker out. But God said, no, my sufficient, my grace is sufficient. You know, I've gone to that point where I tell him, oh, Lord, why am I still dealing with these things? And again, he takes me back to Paul. My grace is sufficient. Yeah. We can want and hope and pray for sicknesses to be healed, for traumatic events to be, you know, gone and away with as if they never happened. But unfortunately, because we're human and they're going to stay, they're going to linger. We can still find a way to deal with it, but in a godly perspective, Mm -hmm. you know, if we reach out to him, if we pray, if we just find and seek a way for him to help us deal with it, it's going to happen. But we have to be willing to accept it as well. To me, listen, there's a lot of things that God is not going to do. Okay. That's just because he's got a purpose for it. Mm -hmm. We just have to either allow him to use that sickness, that disease, that traumatic event to his, you know, to, to his plan, Mm -hmm. to what he wants to use it for, rather being a testimony or being active in some kind of group to help other women or to help whoever in that instance, in that. He's going to use it to glorify him. He's going to use it to glorify him. I just recently seen the movie, um, that one gentleman that has that one song, the Christian song, the oh, believe. Um, yeah. Uh, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Yeah. So I was kind of skeptical cause you know, Hollywood movies, yeah. you know, so you I'm get skeptical, skeptical. <laughs> but when I seen it, you know, and it's almost like your friend's story. It took for his father mm. to come to know Jesus on his timing. Cause yeah. he was ready at that time once he was older and out of the yeah. house and, but when I seen that movie, I'm not going to lie, it gave me hope for my mom. Because mm. my mom, even though she calls herself a Christian, my mom, um, our whole lives has been an, uh, an alcoholic. Mm. She's gone through some pretty horrible things in her life. And I know from my experience is that's how she self-medicate, mm. you know. My mom is very strong. She's a strong... I know that the good qualities I have as a woman is because of her. Mm. I'm a very strong, very independent, very hardworking woman, which is great. But I, I'm a Christian because of my decisions, of the things I've gone through. And I've come to know Christ because of those things. But I wish and I hope and pray that those strengths that my mother has, that those qualities that she has if she just allowed the Lord to humble her Mm. and just break her, that she would use those strength that she gave me for God. Because my mom is a very strong woman, too strong sometimes. But I just hope that she uses that, allows God to use those strengths that she has for his purpose and not hers, you know? But that gave me hope. That movie gave me hope to know that my mom can do that. Yeah. Because I pray for her, I worry for her, mm-hmm. and even though I've o- she's always treated me like 
the black sheep. She's always made me feel like she never loved me. Mm. It's okay. It, I know it's not her. No. It's the lost soul in her because she doesn't know Christ, you know. Um, but man, that movie gave me so much hope for my mother. It gave me hope for my siblings. It gave me hope for people I don't know. Yeah. But again, these are things that happen when we recognize Christ, when we come to know who Christ is. I know that there's people out there who have maybe um, even more sad stories. You know, I know mine's kind of difficult and it's hard because I've become I've allowed myself to be vulnerable in this time that I'm sharing with you guys, because some of the stuff that I've shared already, not a lot of people know. If not, no one knows. But I'm sure that there's there's men and women out there who will listen to this and say, man, you know what? I've been through this or worse. And I'm letting you know that we can be healed from this pain. We can be healed from this exhaustion Mm -hmm. because sometimes my spirit is so damaged. Sometimes I feel so weak, even though I have my dog, even though I know Jesus now, there's still times where I struggle Mm -hmm. with not being here. And I know him. I know who God is. I know who Jesus is. I know about suicide. I know that it is murder. I know that it's a sin. But even in his grace, even in his everlasting love, I struggle with these demons. And in those times, again, he takes me out. He reminds me and he says, I'm here. Just reach out to me. Cry out to me. You know, lift your burdens and give them to me. Mm -hmm. And I do that. But again, As a Christian, we're going to struggle. As a believer, we're going to struggle. We can know the word back to front, front to back. We can, you know, we can be uh, sharing our testimonies and still struggle with these demons Mm -hmm. because our heart is so vulnerable. Mm -hmm. It's a constant battle. You know, there's a reason why at the end God tells his servants, well done, good and faithful Mm -hmm. servants, because they're with him now. But it's a struggle. It's a fight. You know, that's why people say continue to fight the good fight because mm-hmm. we're in a spiritual warfare, mm-hmm. um, not only because of what we see in society, what we're seeing happen, you know, in our communities and in our schools and in our, our politics, but it's what we see happening in our homes or lack mm-hmm. of. It's maybe the same battles that we've been struggling for years. It's that spiritual warfare that we need to continue to reach out to God. We need to continue to open the Bible and feed our you know, God says we can't live on just bread alone. Yeah. You know, um, the word of God is our meat and potatoes. Mm-hmm. And I have to constantly also remind myself, hey, you need to get in the word. You need to get fed because I still struggle. And more so, I think as a veteran, I struggle because I had a plan. I had a goal to serve this country my whole life, you know, I wanted to serve for 20, 30 years if I could, but that was taken from me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I struggle a lot every 9-11. I struggle because that was the main purpose for me joining was 9-11. So I still struggle with those demons. I struggle with losing brothers and sisters to suicide of all branches of service. You know, we see it on a daily basis, mm-hmm. veterans and active duty members committing suicide. I will tell you right now, I didn't know what suicide was. I didn't know what a panic attack was. I didn't know what anxiety or migraines or nightmares were, unfortunately, until I came home. Mm-hmm. It, it was more because I had a plan. You know, I'm very patriotic. I'm an American citizen and I'm a proud American. And I had this vision going into the military that everybody was good. But I found out the hard way being so young that that's not the case. Mm-hmm. We have, unfortunately, people who serve 
our country during and after that are not good people. Okay. So I came in very naive thinking, heck yeah, you know, when you have an image of a soldier, you think country, you think family, Mm -hmm. that camaraderie and freedom. You think about that, that brotherhood, that sisterhood, and no one's going to hurt you because they have your back. Unfortunately, that's not the, that's Mm -hmm. not the story. And I share the same story that a lot of our, our, our young uh, women do in the military. It's sad, but it's something that happens a lot more than people think. Um, you know, there are female veterans that have committed suicide because of it. Again, I think I relate this a lot due to my, my service. Um, but a lot of it also is because of what I've been through before I joined the service. What happened to me during and after the service just added to it, you know. Just another layer. You've had a lot of layers. A lot more layers to it, yes. And not only that, but, you know, you come home and you then you have to fight the VA for what you think you may be. I don't like to use the word entitled to because I don't believe in entitlements. No, but but I think, rightfully so. I just think Get that, in. listen, this was taken from me. At least you owe me this, you know. But even then, I, I left it to God. You know, I did what I had to do as a veteran. But I say, you know what, Lord, whatever your will for my life is. And if I get it, I get it. If I don't, great. Um, I'm always going to work anyways. You know, I've always been very hardworking. I've always been very determined to um, to fend for myself because I've been on my own since I was 17. So I'm not a stranger to to hard work. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, God, God has provided, you know, a, a great career. He's provided uh, benefits as a veteran that I'm very blessed to have. Again, I'm not entitled to them. I just feel very blessed that I have mm-hmm. them. But I know that a lot of my struggles come because of that. Mm-hmm. My family doesn't know what I went through. No one knows what I went through. And even then, they just don't care. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of people that, that'll hear this, and maybe say, oh, you know, who cares? You know, I've been through worse or, oh, you know, it happens. Get over it. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, because of that attitude is why we women or why we um, humans, daughters and sons or veterans have those dark moments because people don't care. And we're alone. You know, a lot of us are alone in this. But again, that's where I have to remember who's by my side. And that's God. It's a fight that continues, but um, I'm not willing to give up, even though I have those moments where I do. Um, I just have to remember that God has kept me alive for for a reason. Amen. And I con- have purpose. I have a purpose and I hope and pray that I continue to um leave these demons. Um because you know, I'm by myself again. I I live alone. It's just me and my dog. I think I'm more vulnerable to fall into that darkness, you know? Because you don't trust a lot of people. I don't trust a lot of people. Um I really trust who I allow in my bubble in my home in my life and with my with my stories. Mm. But again, you know, if I can help anyone in any way, I hope I do. Um, I've always had an open door policy where if if there's something you want to talk about and pray about, I'm here. But it's funny because I see a lot of these memes in social media that say that the strongest warriors are sometimes the most lonely warriors, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's true. Yeah, it's really true. A lot of service members and veterans don't believe in God because of those demons. Mm. I know that's why I didn't believe in him for a while was because, you know, my brother was killed in Afghanistan. I was going through divorce and I was fighting my own demons, asking God, why did you allow this to happen to me in the military? Why did you allow this to happen to me after the military? So a lot of us who have been 
and seen things, we don't believe in God because of that. Mm. And it's unfortunate that I do see a lot. I see a lot of guys, a lot of guys like Chris Kyle from American Sniper. I see a lot of guys that are tough guys. I mean, these are the guys that you want in your team if something happens, you know. These are guys that are contractors. These are guys that have done and said and and uh, been a part of, of things overseas, you know, in the Middle East that don't believe in God and some of them lose their battle with PTSD. A lot of them lose their battle with depression and they leave this world not believing in God. So those are the people that I feel for the most because even though I didn't experience war in that capacity, I know what they're going through. A lot of us know what they're going through and a lot of us don't, but it's it's the sympathy part that I, I know. I feel for them because, listen, one thing the military does not teach you is how to control your feelings and your emotions in those kind of circumstances. Uh, we're trained to do one thing and one thing only. Um, unfortunately, this is the aftermath of that training or you know what you have to prepare yourself before deployment they don't tell you what to expect Mm -hmm. but they prepare you for the worst Mm -hmm. you know when it comes to that and a, a lot of these guys and a lot of these girls are coming home and these are the 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 demons that they fight you know if we as a whole reached out to them and got more involved with our faith then we we could help save a life you know there there would be hope like i told you before shortly before we started doing this you know the rock church here in san diego had a pastor who was a navy veteran um commit suicide you know so we can still be in the church we can still be actively involved in our in our walk but we still lose the battle i don't know how i don't know what advice I can give you, but the only thing I can tell you is that, man, if we seek, he says we will find. Mm. If you knock, the door will be open. Mm. You know, um, there's the singer, Anthony Evans, that has that great song, and I love to listen to it when I'm struggling. His song, his lyrics are, hey, knock and the door will be open. Mm. Ask and it will be given. The Bible says that. God says that. Mm. I know that that's been my tool in my dark moments is is going back to those Bible verses that I have on my phone mm. that I have in my mind that I have in my heart because he says to you know put put the commandments in your heart right when I when I'm in my dark moments I can't always say that I'm a hundred percent there but I know that God has continually been working with me in my spirit when I'm in those moments where I don't want to live I don't know what would you say to any military whether current veteran um right now that are in those moments right now in those dark moments i would say to do what i do get on your knees cry there's nothing wrong with crying there's nothing wrong with telling god yelling scream yell i scream i yell i cry out i literally cry out to him and i tell him what i'm feeling i tell him the struggles that i'm going through i verbalize the things that I'm struggling with at that moment. And I cry, I cry and I cry and I cry. And I ask him to help me. Mm. I ask him to give me strength. I cannot do it in my own strength. And he knows that because he even mentions it in the word. We cannot do it in our own strength, guys. We cannot do it in our own strength. I am not here sitting here giving you my testimony because I've done it on my own strength. Mm -hmm. I have reached out. I have cried out. I have asked. I've prayed. I've knocked. And he's answered. Mm -hmm. He has been able to give me the perfect amount of strength that I need at that very moment to make it through that dark 
moment and I'm alone. I make sure that I'm alone because that's what you need to do is be alone and have have that um, alone moment with him so that you can hear him. He will never be audible, right? Mm-hmm. He, he, we can't say, oh, God. But it's almost like with me, it's almost as if he is. Yes. Yeah. It's almost as if he is because you hear him. Yeah. You you know it's like his voice. So attentive to it. Because we are quiet with him. You know, he says that sometimes we have to just be quiet mm-hmm. and just sit there and, and listen to him. Mm-hmm. And in that moment of weakness, in that moment of darkness, when I'm done crying, when I'm done telling him my struggle, I sit there and, and I'm not talking to him. I'm not like speaking to him, but in, inside of me, in my mind, in my heart, I'm praying. Mm-hmm. I'm praying and I'm waiting to hear from him. And you you know what he does? He talks to you. Mm-hmm. There hasn't been a moment as of yet where I am in silence with him. Mm-hmm. And as I'm waiting, I'm praying. Mm-hmm. He hasn't failed me because I hear from him. Mm-hmm. You know, if I didn't hear from him, I wouldn't be here. Allow him to guide you. Ask for strength. Because the strength that, ke- that that comes from him, the strength that he can give you is a strength that you can't talk about. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's not a human strength. No. It's a strength that comes from his power and the spirit living in you. It's not human strength, guys. It's a strength that is just so inexplainable because you think, man, how did that happen? How did you do that? But it's a strength that we we yearn for mm-hmm. it's a strength that we want mm-hmm. because we're human because we cannot do it on our own no matter the struggles no matter what we go through what we've been through just know that god loves you mm-hmm. that he's here to help you he's here to take you away from any pain any hurt any struggle the only thing that we have to battle is willing to give it up we have to surrender it mm-hmm. you know my biggest thing is surrendering all the pain mm-hmm. all the trauma all the things that i still face you know those demons that i'm telling you about it's a struggle to surrender them because they've been like my blanket Mm -hmm. you know that's all i've known i only got to know jesus intimately at 29 years old you're talking about a lifetime like an onion peeling yes peeling every layer every single layer till the age of 29 i was dealing on my own Mm -hmm. i was i was self-medicating i was you know i was just trying to find a way of how i can just let it go but it was still inside of me Mm -hmm. you know but when i came to know jesus when i when as of as i continue to know jesus it's still a struggle but at least i know hey he's here Mm -hmm. he can help me if i seek it but I also have to do my part and get fed. Mm-hmm. You know, that's going to help me with a lot of my struggles. And it has helped me with a lot of my struggles is reading the word. But God didn't give us the mentality of a victim. He made us warriors. He made us fighters. Um, he made us conquerors. You know, we have to conquer fears. We have to conquer what we fight in our minds and in our spirits. And that's where you know, your relationship with Christ comes into play. Mm -hmm. Either you trust him or you don't. There's no in between. Like he says, either you're hot or you're cold. Cold. There can't be lukewarm. And we're going to struggle with that being lukewarm um, season. But humanly or just like... <laughs> it's scary, you guys. It's okay, listen. God, I'm gonna just give it all to you. <laughs> it is a scary thought, and it's a scary position to be in when you find the strength to surrender it yeah. to Him. But at the same time, look. And when you do, it's so liberating. You're like, why did I do it sooner? sooner. 
Yeah. Yes. Why why did I struggle? Why did I wait? Why yes. need to hold on to this baggage? When it's his. Yeah. yeah. He's taking responsibility. He's saying, Give it to me. Absolutely. And who, what person is gonna say, Let me have your let me have your, your baggage. Let me have your issues. Let me have every single thing that's right. causing you to go into these deep dark things. Let me have them. Let, let me, me have them. it. I'm your daddy. Yeah. Give them to me. Yeah. Because you know what? Even he says, you know, look, and, and this is from experience as well. Maybe you can relate to me, Priscilla. Mm-hmm. But listen, you can have the best husband, the best wife, the best mother, father, sibling, friend. No one at the end of the day is going to love you and accept mm-hmm. you wholeheartedly with mm-hmm. all your baggage, all your emotional and mental baggage. But God. Amen. He's going to love you unconditionally. unconditionally. Our spouses, our family, they no will love us. No anything. They will love us conditionally. <laughs> yeah. That's why, unfortunately, we have so many divorces, so many broken homes, so many broken families, so many families that are not talking to each other because they love with conditions. Mm-hmm. Whereas God takes you mm-hmm. the way you are. Yeah. I tell God, why do you do so much for me? Yeah. I just messed up the night before. <laughs> he and yeah, even though he's like that was you. Yeah. He's saying I love you. Yeah, I still love you. I still love you. And I still want you. Yeah. Yes. You know, I came to a point recently where I I still and I, I'm still struggling with this, but I'm trying to to kind of like <laughs> okay, let it go, you know. But one thing I came to recognize as of recently is how God forgives you a million and one times mm. and then some. You know, we're going to fall. We're going to make mistakes because we're not perfect. Even when we find salvation, we're going to fall. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to sometimes go back to how we used to be. Yeah. You know, but he knows that. Yeah. But what we have to do is say, okay, you know what? I have to accept I'm not perfect as Uh a Christian. I have to accept that I'm going to fall, that I'm going to be imperfect. But what I can accept is that he's going to forgive me. And he says, let it go. Like that one song with everybody has kids. Let it go. You know, (laughs) yes, let it go. So I have to remind myself that you have to let it go. Even though you kind of take it back sometimes. Yeah. His love, his word, who he says he is to me, to you, is he says, I'm your dad, I'm your yes. father. I, I'm going to forgive you. Yeah. You're going to fall, but I'm going to be yeah. here. That is the love that no one on this earth is going to give you. Mom. You can only find that unconditional love from Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I still struggle, but you know what, girl, to know that I can come back and say, okay, Lord, I get it. Yeah. I'm surrendering it. And if I take it back, slap me on my hand. (laughs) But we don't have to be perfect. And not have that guilt. Not have that guilt, even though we still still feel it. it. Yeah, I still have some things where I'm like, God... So sorry, and it was like. But that's years the ago. enemy. Yeah. You know when I when I realize that I'm struggling with those decisions or or the things that happened to me, it's the enemy saying, you know what? Do you remember? Yeah. You remember that feeling? You did that. Yeah. Satan is always finding a way to attack you emotionally, yeah. mentally, spiritually, and I have to remember. No, I rebuke you. Amen. You have to rebuke yeah. Satan because he's so clever to bring things back up from your past. Mm-hmm. Say 
you forgave, you know, your husband for something he said or did. Yeah. And here he goes again. He wants to bring it up and you're mad at your husband. You're fighting. You're, you know, your house is a mess because you guys are bickering. That is Satan doing the same thing to you and your family. I call those little like, you know, how the movies or the cartoons where there's a guy sticking their foot out so the person can trip. Yes. That's visually, that's how I see him and what he does. That's what he does. It's just like, hopefully they trip he over wants this you to and then let the rest happen he wants yeah. you to he doesn't and want you like to succeed mark yes of like got him listen he's yeah. here to destroy flat families he's yeah. here to, he's here to destroy marriages yeah. he's here to cause your children to fall into society's norms when society's norms is giving your kids a first class ticket to hell mm. okay um don't fall for it. You know, it's, I know that it's easier said than done. I remember my, when I was boxing, I trained eight hours a day as an amateur fighter. I watched what I ate. Back then, there was no such thing as kale, <laughs> kale chips, girl. There was no such thing <laughs> as school. what we have today, <laughs> organic, you know. No, I mean, chingalo, excuse my language, you know. But my trainer was like, we're going to do it old school, you know, because these were old school boxing trainers. Yeah. A lot of them fought, fought themselves in, in their era. But listen, I ate clean I had my proteins I did everything traditionally you know mm-hmm. and I always used to tell him man it's so much easier said than done <laughs> yeah and that's our walk with the Lord yeah. it's so much easier said than done but it's not impossible no. we're gonna be tested the walk is not easy and it's not supposed to be no. easy that's why he talks about trials and tribulations because the few the few are going to be able to seek him and know what to do. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not an easy walk. I always tell people, you know what the the hardest job is being a Christian. Oh, definitely. Because we struggle and we are tested with so much. Um, We just have to have that godly discernment. We have to have godly wisdom and we have to ask God, is this your will before Mm -hmm. we do anything or go anywhere Mm -hmm. or make a decision doesn't matter how long it takes. Listen, God is never late and he's never early. He is always on time. Um, I just hope I use my testimony to encourage others, to encourage women. You know, if again, I'm, I'm here to listen to you, to pray with you. You just have to find me on social media. Um, Where can they find you? I am only on Facebook. I do not have an Instagram. <laughs> I can barely handle a Facebook, <laughs> yeah. okay? Um, I have a very busy schedule, you know, trying to serve my community, trying to serve my country. But they can find me under Hope Maga on Facebook. And um, I've actually I've actually reached out to people that have reached out to me via mm-hmm. Facebook who have asked me to pray for them, awesome. who have asked me for, you know, help in other areas as well. And, and I've been there and I've helped them. And it's, man, it's so... It's wonderful to know that people are reaching out to me for help because I'm no one. You know, I'm just a vessel. That's all you need. I'm just a citizen trying to do right in her community, uh, for her country. So it's really nice when people reach out for any kind of help. And and I'm glad to give it to them. But that's where you can find me. I'm again, I've shared things in this um, podcast that I didn't think I would ever share that I honestly thought I'd go to my grave never sharing. But, you know, at some point you have to say, God, use me and use what I've been through to glorify you and to tell people that it's okay to struggle. But you're here. Mm -hmm. We're not perfect, that you love us unconditionally, that you love us, even though we're imperfect in so many ways, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe in some ways it's not us. It's things that have been done to us. 
just know that Jesus is the reason for everything. Amen. Good, bad, ugly. He's got a plan for it. Amen. Maybe one day I'll come out and say everything, you know, I don't know, you know, <laughs> I'll pray about that one. <laughs> Cause girl, there's some things that, you know, are just really, really hard. Just know that I allowed myself to be vulnerable with you guys because I have a story and a lot of people see me as this very strong, very independent woman that can get through a lot of things when in reality, you know, I'm human. You guys, I'm human. I'm weak. You know, I struggle with a lot of things, but I have God. I have Jesus. I have the word. He's he's made miracles in my own life. I've seen the miracles in my own life. So he's alive. You know, the Jesus that was alive back then is alive now. Mm -hmm. And he can continue to do miraculous things mm -hmm. now as well. We just have to believe, Amen. you know, but again, I'm hoping that this testimony helps people. And if they have any questions, I'm, I'm sure they they can share that with you and mm -hmm. pass that along. But hey, you guys don't give up. We live we live in a world right now where a lot of people are losing hope, but there is hope. Um, there's a lot of things happening right now that I believe are biblical. You know, more so now than, you know, maybe when people were saying about the Y2K or something, you know, when 2000 was <laughs> yeah. coming around. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we're seeing a lot of things happen in the world and in the United States that kind of make you question, hey, Lord, are you coming? You know, because <laughs> yeah. it kind of seems that way. Yeah. Um, we just have to be prepared. We have to hold one another accountable, you guys. Mm -hmm. If you have that um, that brother, that sister in Christ, tell them what you're going through. Don't be ashamed. Let them know, hey, I need to talk to you so mm -hmm. you can pray about it. Mm -hmm. Because look, the word of God says the few will enter into the kingdom of mm -hmm. God. He doesn't say the millions. He doesn't say, you know, the many. Mm -hmm. God says the few. Mm -hmm. So what we have to do is make sure that we are part of that few. Mm -hmm. And if those people that we love, our family, our friends, people that you may attend church with or whatnot, pray for them all you can do is help plant that seed and that's it there's mm -hmm. nothing you can do there's no such thing as us saving people mm -hmm. god saves people yeah. jesus saves people yeah. we can only lead them and plant that seed mm -hmm. and whatever they choose to do with it is their business we have to remember folks that the bible says the few we have to make sure that we try to be part of that few mm -hmm. again we're not we're not going to enter into the kingdom of God by our works, no such thing. But if you are not saved, open your Bible and read the book of Romans and get saved. Mm -hmm. All you need is you and Jesus. Mm -hmm. You just need to confess mm -hmm. and acknowledge who he is and who you want him to be as your Lord and savior. And you will be saved. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much uh, as much as I can give advice or, or tell people. But um, again, remember I'm not perfect. I'm still struggling. But I have Jesus. Amen. I would not be here today if it wasn't for Jesus. God put Priscilla in my path <laughs> to come and do this. Because we even spoke offline about a lot of things. And let me tell you, this was a divine appointment. This Amen. was a divine intervention. And we just met. And we just met. Like a, a week, week ago about, today. Yeah. <laughs> a week ago today. Yeah. Isn't and I awesome? heard you speak. It wasn't long, but it was enough for me to be like, I need to meet this girl. And she needs to tell her story. I don't know what her story is. 
I didn't know you're unboxing. I didn't know any. So just so you know, people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is our first time first having time. Uh, chit chat. Yeah. But. That's how God works. That's how he works. He brings people into your life so that, because I thought I had assumed, and I'm being honest with you, okay, <laughs> yeah. now that we've broken <laughs> that ice, um, I thought, okay, she's here to interview me about the movement that oh, I'm part okay. with. I thought, okay, it's going to be political, <laughs> right? Because that's yeah. really what a lot of people know me for these yeah. days is my political stance. Got it. Um, but what when did I, you know? little did I know, this girl, you guys, she tricked me. <laughs> But the funny thing I is, I had told you your story. The funny, maybe I wouldn't. No, you didn't, didn't tell me. Okay. You just said, well, you know, would you like to do a podcast? Okay. I just said, yeah, sure. But because of the event, I said, oh, it's going to be a political podcast. Uh, Great, awesome. I'm all for it. <laughs> but little oh did I know, gosh. guys, that she told me before, you know, because I, I sat down in her beautiful kitchen table oh. and I said, okay, so tell me about this podcast. And she goes, oh, I just, uh, this is all, you know. Um, I just salvation. want salvation. I want to know your story. Your, you know, your, you know, from from A to Z. And I was like, whoa. I was <laughs> <was> like, great. <laughs> I, one, I was afraid, and two, I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Because nobody knows my testimony, you guys. Nobody knows my testimony, and I know that this was God saying, "This is about me. Mm. I'm going to make this is about me, not about what's going on, not about what you're a part of." I want you to tell your story because you're here because of me. God brought Priscilla and I together today because we have the commonality of who our father is. Mm -hmm. um, we can learn from each other. We can pray with each other. We can be each other's help. We can be mm -hmm. each other's uh, shoulder mm -hmm. because there's not a lot of women these days that you can turn to that say, hey, you know, I think that girl really knows Jesus. Mm -hmm. A lot of people claim they know him. Yeah. But like, like you Hollywood. said, I would like to thank God, God for this award, but then what you God? turn around. Yeah. It's like, which God, the God that I serve. We don't want to turn to <laughs> guys. Don't turn to Hollywood. Okay. I, I mean, they talk about Illuminati stuff and all that. I don't get deep into that, but listen, I can only hope and pray that Jesus is in Hollywood, but with everything that's been happening, we know that Jesus is not in Hollywood, but let's pray for them. Okay. Mm -hmm. But, um, listen, this was a divine intervention. This was a divine appointment through God, uh, for me being here with Priscilla and showing my, uh, sharing my testimony, because again, I became vulnerable and I, I wanted to really get in, in, in deep with my, my life um and i'm happy i did because honestly i feel a little released i feel a little released you know um i was able to share a little bit of my testimony with um with joy via who was at the event oh, yeah, um at the lexity event uh this past saturday on the 18th here in san diego when it came to to being a mother mm. you know um I, I, she has a story because she's got a story about yeah. not aborting her baby putting her adoption. for adoption mm -hmm. which I I was like wow I never knew I that never about knew her that um, but man it really gravitated to me so when I was in the green room backstage with her before I came on I had a moment with her and I got very emotional mm -hmm. she got emotional mm -hmm. and she was like amazed at my quick testimony when it came to um you know abortion and how it had affected me and how it affects me even at this age because i was 18 i'm i'm gonna be 35 next week and oh, i happy early birthday thank you <laughs> thank you um but yeah I, I told her very briefly i didn't get in in, in real deep conversation with her about it because again it's still something i struggle mm -hmm. with i'm not very proud of it of course but you know we had a moment mm. because i realized at that moment that i'm still a mom mm. 
Amen. I may not have my baby with me, but I will forever be a mother. Mm-hmm. And I was able to relate with her in that aspect. Mm-hmm. She, you know, and, and yeah, she, you know, she's like, well, you can still be a mother. And, and I'm like, no, I'm like, if I ever am a mother, I will look into adopting, mm-hmm. you know, because my mom was adopted. Mm-hmm. And um, I believe a lot of our children here in the United States need good homes, loving yeah, homes. Yeah. So if I, if God ever places that yeah. in my heart, that's what I would do. I would adopt. But I, I was very blessed to share that moment with her and be vulnerable. But that was the first time in 34 years that I had been vulnerable to that topic in my life. And it was with her. Mm-hmm. So coming into this with you today, I'm kind of tying it mm-hmm. together and saying, okay, Lord. It's time. It's time. Mm. If if I was approached to do a podcast, assuming it would be in the political field, yeah. when I came into this and you kind of shocked me with it, <laughs> I was like, okay, Lord, you want me to, mm. and I'm going to do it. So mm. it's been an honor to share my testimony with you. It's been a... Uh, it's been a pleasure knowing that there's people out there that listen to this mm-hmm. and hopefully we'll get some help, some Definitely. encouragement, some hope. You know, we need hope. Mm-hmm. So it's been an honor. I hope maybe to Thank do this you. again. Yes. But just know, guys, hey, just get close to Jesus. If you don't know him, go to your local church, pray about it, get saved. So that was just a little keynote. But again, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being vulnerable unexpectedly. Unex- Girl, I'm, I'm going to cry on my <laughs> truck right now on my way home i'll be like what did i do but no i'm very blessed to have this opportunity thank you well, and i just hope that's that an honor and i i think you're it. very welcome i had no choice <laughs> <laughs> priscilla she forced me no but it was a pleasure it really thank you for allowing me to be that was hope today's storyteller now a short message by philip mcintosh i'm priscilla host and creator of storytellers Until the next episode, God bless. Thank you again for joining us for this episode of Storytellers. You know, stories are consisted of chapters and and maybe right now your personal story, you're in a difficult chapter. And we want to encourage you to find encouragement from the story you just heard and the many others that you'll hear here on Storytellers. To maybe find some encouragement in the fact that you're not alone, that Some others have gone through the same thing maybe you're facing right now. So don't give up and don't give in. Continue to allow your story to unfold. Continue to allow God to unfold his story in and through your life. Be encouraged today. There is hope and there is a future that awaits. Continue to press on. Until next time, thank you again for joining us on Storytellers.